All right, the reading today will be um, from Matthew, the 21st chapter, starting at the first verse. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road, on the road, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who's come, who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. The, Lord, the word of the Lord. Morning. My wife, uh, my wife loves to play Settlers of Catan. Have you all play that game? It's a board game, strategy board game. It's one of these games where you got to do a lot of thinking and uh, think ahead. And it's, uh, it's. I enjoy it. She's, uh, how should we say, highly enthusiastic about <laughs> this game. Some of y'all are as well, and uh, and like this, but. But whenever we're um, trying to explain to a, we'll invite a family over and we'll ask if they want to play. And if they don't know how to play, then uh, we've decided over the years as we've played this game that I'm the one who gives the instructions on how to play the game. And the reason is this. It's because my wife is so enthusiastic about this game that um, she begins with, uh, we we sort of say, now, now you roll the dice and then you put a city, but, but don't put a city too near this, because if you put a city too near this, then you won't have enough resources for this. And she immediately launches into all the strategy surrounding the game. And, I, and for several years, and we did this because she knows the game better, I would say, honey, they don't know nothing from nothing. They don't know sheep or or They don't know what it means or what it is. You got to back way up. They don't, know how, how, they don't know why they're playing the game at all. Because they're just looking at her like, you know, deer in the headlights. Because she's just, she's so enthusiastic and she's launching in to all the strategy around the game. So we decided I would be the one to explain the game because I'm, I like it, but I'm not enthusiastic. And I always begin the same way every board game or every game that pretty much when you start, it says the object of the game is, right? That's where you always start. Now you don't really know what that means either, but if you keep that in mind as you learn all the strategy, you might do well for those of you who are game players. But if you don't know, like when you're playing golf, the object of the game is to get the low score. See, I learned early to get the high score. So I I win virtually every time I play. But if you don't know the strategy, if you don't, it, it doesn't matter if you know the goal. And so this morning, what we're seeing is that the disciples now had a sense of Jesus' identity, but but didn't know why they were in, in the fight. Didn't know what, what we call, what we call the mission. The mission of, of the settlers of Catan is to get 10 points. 
That's the mission. The mission of a of golf game is to get the lowest score possible. And so we're, what we're having revealed here on Palm Sunday is the mission. Because what the disciples were getting all confused about was the means to the mission. Didn't mean anything to them. And if the means to the mission means nothing to you, you've lost sight of the mission. Because Peter turns to Jesus who says, I'm, I'm going to die on a cross. He says, you can't do that. Why? Because he didn't know the mission or the means. He, he had the identity now. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. But what Jesus is doing this morning for us is beginning to, to paint a picture of the mission. And we're going to look at that this morning as we look at this Palm Sunday. But to get this, we need to back up to the chapter prior. If you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 20, just one chapter shy of what Nate read for us this morning. And Jesus is, is, has, has already begun to tell them of his death. This is the third time he's predicting his death in chapter 20, beginning at verse 17. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. This was the means to what? In verse 28 of chapter 20, it says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, that's the mission. The means was going to be through a cross. Because we can understand, can't you, what, what they read this morning, what we read was this prophetic word that had come through the prophet Zechariah. And it seems to indicate, if you want to look at that, it's in chapter 21, verse 5, part of those verses. This is what happens when the king comes. It says, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And can't you think the disciples here? Jesus has told them, get a foal. It's happening, right? It's coming true. The mission is happening. The king is coming. And in the language of Zechariah, it looks like Israel is going to defeat the enemy. And so this is happening. The conquering king is coming in, but they missed the mission, and so they missed the means to the mission. The gospel writer Luke also talks about this, and I love the way he says it because it's he he puts a, a gives us a different point of view of these words he said in the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Luke, the forty third verse. They said he he says Luke writes, but. While they, the disciples, were marveling at everything Jesus was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, look at this, I love this, this is exactly the way the Greek, it's written in the Greek, let these words sink into your ears. John 9.44. That's, wow. Let, not boing, let them sink into your ears. Okay? So what, what do they want to have sunk into their ears? The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. Verse 45, but they didn't understand this at all. It was concealed from them 
so they might not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about this saying. But Jesus has taken them. Verse 20, remember chapter 20, verse 18. Come on, we are going to go up to Jerusalem. Now, this is the Passover. Jews needed to go to Jerusalem. Part of being a Jew was heading up there to celebrate these large feasts like Passover. And what we learn in Matthew chapter 20, verse 29, is that they were in Jericho just prior to going up. Now, Jericho is about 15 miles, and it's about 3,000 feet up. So 15 miles, you can walk in a long day. So, you know, a couple miles an hour walk, it's 8 to 10 hours, 12 hours, but it's up and it's deserty. And they're singing these psalms of ascent, Psalm 120 through 134, called the Psalm of Ascent, going up. Because when pilgrims would go up to Jerusalem for these feasts, they would sing these 15 psalms. And if you read about them in the context of what Jesus was thinking. It's all about what's going to happen in Jerusalem when the king comes, when Messiah comes. And what they didn't really, really realize is even though they had Messiah with them and that identity had been revealed, they were still trying to figure out what this mission was, what what the object of the game, if you were, if you will. Back to Luke chapter 9, you can put your finger, we're going to flip back and forth between these two accounts in Matthew 20 and 21 and Luke chapter 9, because there's an interesting phrase that has happened sometime before this ascent up the hill. In Luke 9, verse 51, we have Luke writing, when the day drew near, For him to be taken up, that is ascended into heaven, when all this was going to happen, what's going to play out this week in the Passion Week, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans, the sort of half-breed between Jews and Gentiles who were looked down upon by the Gentiles, to make preparations for Jesus to come. And the people didn't receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. Samaritans didn't believe Jerusalem was the holy city, but Jesus was set and committed. So the second thing I want you to see is this. The first is that Jesus has now proclaimed with clarity the mission is to suffer and die. We'll come back to that in a little bit, but that's the first. The second is this, that the the commitment needed to see that mission through was going to be conscious, considered, Yes, they're all C's. Complete and costly. Conscious, that is explicit, intentional. Considered, complete, and costly. Think of this. They're climbing this 8 to 10 hour road up, deserty area of Jericho up. And Jesus knows he's doing all this for his suffering and death. He's doing this because he has the object in mind, which is that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to seek and save that which were lost, you and me and the world that needed him. While these disciples may have been getting excited about, hey, the king is coming. He's riding on a foal. The prophecies are unfolding. It's happening the way we think it is. And it was and it wasn't. They didn't know. 
Maybe they had scripted out how it was going to play out. He's the conquering king. All right, here's what's going to happen. We got the crowds. We can whip them into a frenzy. We can storm the, the castle. Have fun storming the castle. You can storm the castle, and we can take it. We can do it. Maybe they had a play. Maybe they had the mechanism played out for the strategy of how this was going to work. It wasn't going to work that way. It wasn't going to happen like that at all. Jesus had in mind and in his eyes something far beyond that day. Got your Bible, I want you to turn to the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation because Jesus had in mind, I think, a day far beyond that day. And this is a beautiful picture. John, the apostle, having a revelation of what heaven looks like, what what this shadow that we now live in is all going to be revealed. And here's the picture that John gives. And read this along with me carefully. I'm going to start at verse 9 of Revelation, verse 7, because John opens up this, gets this dream, this window into heaven. And it says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, and all the angels were standing around the throne. It's the Palm Sunday of all Palm Sundays. The palms are in their hands, and now the identity fully revealed, the mission fully accomplished. Because you see, Jesus' mission is, was not to free them from Roman bondage. And Jesus' mission isn't to make you happy and make your life fulfilled in the sense the world wants it to be fulfilled. It's to bring a much deeper fulfillment as to why you were created. Because, see, we were created for a purpose beyond what this world tells us of being so happy and problem-free and pain-free. Because, see, our mission was revealed as well. Jesus' mission was to lay down his life. Because this is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is the gospel. And see, right before in Matthew 20, he's also said about our mission, because it goes hand in hand with his. In verse 25, Jesus said to his disciples, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you would be your slave. says, you take up a cross too and follow me. You die to yourself. You die to what you want. You stay the course even when it's hard. When you're doubting and you're fearing and you just think, I just got to run. I got to get out of here. 
And he says, stay. Stay with me. In my yoke, it's light. I'll be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But I'm on the road from Jericho up to Jerusalem on the hot and the dry. And we're singing songs that know that our demise is coming. That even if a grain of wheat falls into the ground and you die to what you want and your dreams die, that something good is being born because Jesus saw beyond the cross to the joy set before him. And that he already knew that resurrection was coming. Because if there's no resurrection, this story ends badly. But Jesus understood. He had said three different times, you see the son of man, I'm going to be given up. This world is going to hate me. And yet the victory is assured because salvation belongs to our God forever and ever. So if you live for the now, if this is it, if this 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe 90, who knows, years. If this is it for you, you live differently. We should live differently. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this is your seed able to fall into the ground and die and give up your life in a very short breath, that this life is just a breath. And if you will die to yourself, you will find that forever and ever, we wearing robes of white will see the king of all glory and why you were created. So don't give up. Don't lose hope. I know this world wants us to lose hope or put our hope in something that will be a fraud and and the mask will be taken off and you will see there was nothing to it. It was just wind. There is something eternal that this life is merely a shadow of. You see, what was prophesied in Zechariah, the king coming in, the king in the moment knew what was happening, that he was seeing the picture in Revelation of people from every tribe and tongue. It won't be just white people or black people or Hispanic people or just Asian people or people speaking English or any other thing. From every tribe and tongue and ethnicity and group, we will come together and the focus will not be on what divides us, but the thing we have in common, which is one Savior. That's all that we really have in common. At the end. So this Palm Sunday, we celebrate We know the end of the story. We know because next week we're already going to celebrate the resurrection. But there is no resurrection without death. For us, it is the same. There is no resurrection unless you die with Jesus Christ. What does dying look like for you? I don't know how that contextualizes in your world. With your situation and your homes and in your businesses and in your lives and social. I don't know what dying exactly means but I know it means we forsake what we would put above the will and the purpose of Jesus. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I thank you for the privilege that we have of having this window opened to us in Scripture of what you did for us being more than just some ritual played out 2,000 years ago, that it was for us a foreshadowing and a picture of something that in faith we see is eternal. Lord, and we know that 
Our faith is made real, the substance of things hoped for, because we know the power of the resurrection has made it so. And Lord, this this life being a walk of faith, Lord, it's it's sometimes hard. It's sometimes easy to lose our way and lose sight. So, Father, would you take a minute now and recenter us, help us to recommit to laying our lives down for you, for others, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love others as we love ourselves, to live differently because this life is a breath, and because we know the the privilege and the difficulty of dying to ourselves yields resurrection life, the same power that raised Christ from the dead can live within us and does when we know you. So we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit, We ask you to fill us with that life-giving knowledge. And, Father, that we would be bold to live that way with every breath we have. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.